Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are So, so what a blessing, and I appreciate uh, Pastor Frank just for coming up here and, and sharing. I, I got to see some of the, the pictures and videos um, from, from yesterday, and I myself was sad because um, I could not attend it, um, but, but what a blessing it was just to see it from afar and just to see what God is doing in that. What a, what a blessing. Um, as we get into today's message, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Um, it's, a, it's one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to share uh, throughout social media. It's one that I'm going to want to share throughout YouTube. It's a very simple message as I was, I wouldn't say wrestling, but I was thinking about uh, what I should share today. Um, I had uh, two messages that the Lord has been leading me to study um, and prepare for. And they are, the first one um, was Elisha and the widow's oil. It's one that I'll probably be, uh, be sharing soon. <clears throat> and the second one, I titled it Pain, uh, Pain into Purpose. And that message is one that the Lord has me kind of going, getting into because of a conversation, a quick conversation that I had um, on a flight in a plane uh, with a woman. And, um, and it led me to, to think about this phrase, pain into purpose. But today, uh, I'm not going to use any of those two uh, because as you guys know, I've, I've been on a, on a, a we, we, we're struggling to know what to call it, but a semi-sabbatical. And um, coming off of six weeks of not preaching, I saw it fit and was moved um, to share at least, I, I, I kind of made a list of stuff that God was showing me and pointing to my heart, but at least four things that I've noticed in these past six weeks while, while, while attending our home here at Nest. And um, I want to just spend some time on that. I think as we go through these um, points, I think it should be an encouragement to us if this is your home. And um, I think it's going to be a, a blessed time in this. You know, I, as I was thinking about today and coming into today and sharing, uh, my mind went straight to when Paul writes uh, to the church about spiritual gifts, about the unity uh, that is found in diversity that is in the body of Christ in the church and that there's only one body, that, there, that we are one body, but yet with many parts. Let's read through that text. Uh, uh, not For the sake of time, we can't go over every verse. I'm going to start with verse 4, and then we'll skip, and we'll start again with verse 12. Listen to this. Verses 4 through 6 says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. We'll skip to verse 12. In verse 12 he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 13, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not, love this verse, verse 14, as we end just this portion here. For, this, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Everyone say many. 
not consist of one member, but of many. And, and, and Paul is drilling something here to the church. Paul is making sure that the church is made aware that they're not just made up of one individual, but it's many that make up this one body. Uh, so let's kind of get into this, and I'm going to go back and forth with some of the scripture. But the truth is this, and I want you guys to know that there is difficulty in stopping when you're used to going. If you're someone that's going, 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 and someone asks you to stop, it's not an easy thing for you. It's hard to put the brakes on when you're accustomed uh, to constant movement. And then someone says, hey, pull the reins back or, or just slow down a little bit. Uh, when every week, let's say, you have to meet a deadline. Maybe you have a job or you're someone that always has deadlines every week. Um, meeting the deadline is something that I personally um, have done for the last 21 years. And here at Our Nest, I've been doing it for the last 15 years. And I started to think about this and I said, you know, it's easy to teach and preach one good message. It's easy to teach and preach one good message. But to remain rooted in Christ and to study and to prepare and to preach every week, that's a whole different story. Um, and if, if, you're, if, if someone that hears this is in ministry or has been in ministry for a long time, they understand the, the importance of perseverance and consistency. Many people start, but they don't finish. Uh, many people, you know, do all these things, and then it just it crumbles on them. So it crumbles upon them. Um, so to be able to do this, it's, 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 a, it's a humbling and an honorable thing before the Lord, and to do it constantly. Uh, but I want to get into this thought as I have so much in my mind. And the thought that I want to share, I could say this today, that I am grateful, as we just read, as Paul writes to the church, I'm so grateful for, for the varieties, please listen to this, the varieties of gifts, the, the varieties of services, of activities, as Paul says, that all fall under the same spirit, that all fall under the same God. And he says, who empowers them in all of this, in all, in all, who empowers all in us, who empowers all of this activity and all of these things of the Spirit and all these gifts and services. It is God who empowers them all in us, in his church. And I am so grateful for this here at our nest. I am grateful for the body, and listen to this, that is not, not, not just made up of one it's not made up, not just of one individual, but it's made up of many members. And, and that is very important to teach that and to constantly share that. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, we see that we are to bear, bear one another's burdens, and so we're to fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6, 2 says that. And that's what the body of Christ does. They, they bear one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. Paul says to the church of Philippi in Philippians 2, and I'm going to get to my message and to my first point. Um, Philippians 2, he says this, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? It's a question for the church to answer. Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? 
He goes on, he says, then make me truly happy. Here's the apostle Paul, and look what he says. By agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. And then he goes on, he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. So, so people in the church that always want to impress, it's, it's been around since Paul's day. Don't, don't try to impress. Don't be selfish. Look what he says. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Amen. Amen. This is the word of God. So in these weeks, just looking from where you're seated and just hearing us talk on a weekly basis, I want to give you my first point, and I could tell you this, point number one, God, you should write this down, speaks through many. God uses many. Today's message is titled, What a Church. What a Church. What a Church. And I think sometimes we lose that and we forget that. Point number one, God speaks through many, or God uses many. And I'm glad that I belong to a church family that hears from God. And not that it just hears from God, but that they place themselves to listen to his will in order to obey it. Because we have a people that are placed with conviction in hearing from the Lord. And though there may be few, we can be grateful that God speaks through many of our brothers and our sisters. And I, th I think about that and I said, what a beautiful and what a healthy and vibrant community. What a beautiful, healthy and vibrant church that is. That we are sensitive and discerning enough to search the word of God. Apply the word of God and be vulnerable enough that it doesn't have to take one person alone but that we can open up doors of opportunities that others can share and teach God's word in this house and even from outside of this house, bringing encouragement and growth to his church. That's what we've seen for the last six weeks. So as we read in the book of Galatians and as we've read through uh, that scripture in Philippians, that we can bear each other's burdens, that we could encourage and comfort and that comes from his love that we would have fellowship together in the spirit. Paul says, having hearts that are tender and compassionate, that we would be happy agreeing with one another with full hearts. Loving and working with each other with one mind and one purpose, not being selfish or trying to oppress impress others, staying humble, thinking of others of more important than yourself. And this is the church that we are to always be. And I'm so blessed that oftentimes we see that this is the church, right? This is the church that we strive and we aim and we say this is the church that we are. Through tragedy in our church, we've seen it. This year has not been an easy year for our church. With tragedy and sicknesses and things that have just, woo, rocked our church. But to see the body come together. And say, man, I'm going to fill in where there's, where, there's, where there's problems and when there's hurt. There's a lot going on. And, and what a beautiful thing to see this in, in this church. I'm just so blessed, so humbled. And in this, we're a family as we read through these scriptures that allow 
even others to speak God's truth to us. We, we've seen it in our men's group, our marriage gathering two, Sunday, two Saturdays ago. My God. Uh, from men's to women's, the way that the Lord is using and speaking through many. Point number one, God speaks through many. Amen? I would like to ask you a question as I get to the next place. Um, how is God using you? How is God speaking through you? How are you hearing from him? Sometimes it's so important to hear from him because sometimes it's for someone else to hear that word as well. God speaks through many. So in these weeks, just looking and hearing us talk, I could also tell you this, point number two, you should write this, this is God's house and God's people. One man doesn't keep this house together, in a sense, one man within. One man doesn't keep the people together. It is God that keeps his house. Everyone say his house, yeah. Keeps his house together. And it is God that keeps, listen to the words, his people together. And many times, just going to speak to the mirror here for a moment. Many times we don't want to let go of what we do for God and just trust him that his hand is in it. Oftentimes it can be difficult to decide against what we feel because God has directed otherwise. So often it can be hard to rest. How many of you like that word? We love the word, but many of us, we struggle to do it. <laughs> to rest. When we may feel that there is still so much more to do. But what is the truth? God is going to take you. And God will take you as he's taken me so many times to the place where we see and we are reminded that this is not ours. This is not ours. And those you hold on to, well, they don't belong to you either. From a, from a ministerial aspect, and even from like my son right now, I give him a hug, and he says, Dad, wish me luck, and he left to his basketball game right now. He's just, he, he belongs to God. All of this is his, and all of you belong to him. It's not ours. And, and God will take you to places to remind you. Sometimes we want to take this ownership of things, but God says, all of it is mine, and all of them, all of them belong to me, and I'm grateful that I belong to a church, our nest that believes and demonstrates this, that this is God's house, and that we are God's people. I, I, I thought about this scripture, um, Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, we, we know this scripture, and Paul talks about the husband and the wife in verse 22 and 23, and he says, wives, he says what? Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And you're like, uh oh, I didn't know he was going to talk about marriage today. I'm not, but unless we have to, we can take a little left turn here. But he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Look what he says next. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body <clears throat> and his, himself its savior. So I thought, if, you can leave this up there. I started to think about this passage in Ephesians 5. It's a popular passage. It's one that when we teach on marriage or husband and wife, we, we go to this a lot, obviously. But I started to say, you know, on this side of heaven, I'm the husband of one wife. 
My wife is the wife of one husband. That, that, that's my responsibility. I'm the husband of, of one wife, but in being the husband of one wife, I'm also the bride of one beloved. I, I want you to understand the, the, the factor of that. Like, on earth, I'm the husband of one wife, but also while being here, I'm part of the bride of one beloved. So I belong to my wife <clears throat> while also belonging to the bride of my beloved Christ. How many of you are part of the bride of Christ? You're not sure yet? You haven't gotten the ring and like, the dress? How's that going? All right. I belong to my wife. I do. The Bible says it. Me and her are now one. Who are we to separate from that oneship? My wife and I are one, but, but from that place, I am part of God's oneness as the bride of Christ before my beloved. It's, 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 it's this inside, upside down, intertwined world that we live in. We live on earth, but yet we belong to another kingdom. So I, I, I read Ephesians 5, 22 and 23, and I, I immediately say, well, this is a refreshment for any of us. Watch this. <clears throat> because you're not mine, and I'm not yours. If I'm anyone's in this church, it's Nancy's. And if she's anyone's in this church, it's my, it's, she's mine. So I'm not yours and you're not mine, but together, you should say that, right? Together, we're all his and he is all ours. And, and, and this right here, it's all his. All of this belongs to God. Not one bit of it. Uh, we, are, we, we, I've, we come to recognize during time and as you get older, we're just underling shepherds. We're, we're just following the steps of the good shepherd. Lead people to the great shepherd that he is. Ephesians chapter 1, listen to this passage. Um, same same um, letter to the church of Ephesus. <clears throat> I'm going to read uh, verses 20 through 23. Check this out. It says... He worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power, dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. <clears throat> There's one to come. And he put all things under his feet, gave him as head over all things to the church. Verse 23, which is his body. What's his body? The church, which is his body. Whose body? His body. This body doesn't belong to no man on earth. This body belongs to him. It's his body. Amen? It's his body. The fullness of him who fills it all in all. Um, Eugene Peterson, um, through the message, reads verse 23 this way. L listen to this. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. How many of you can say amen to that? The church you see is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. I'm so grateful I should have named the message, I'm so grateful. Now I think about it. I'm so grateful to be part of a church that understands that we are His and that all ministry that comes from this place is His. Never a man, 
a group of people, never a charisma, but Christ. Everyone say Christ. Christ is the head. He is head over all things in the church. I'm grateful that I belong, and I hope that you could be grateful that you belong to a church, our nest, that believes and demonstrates that this is God's house and that each one of us, we are God's people. I hope you could rejoice in that. And I hope you could rejoice in point number one. Thank you, Lord, that I could be grateful that you use and you speak through many of our brothers and sisters at our nest. Hopefully you could be encouraged in that. Amen? So again, in these weeks that I've been sitting where you're at, just looking and hearing us talk, I could also tell you this. Point number three. You should write this one down, circle it, highlight it. I believe it, and I believe it. Not because I just stand here on a Sunday. I believe it because of what each one of you are outside of Sunday. And the relationships I have with so many outside of what is just a nest church on a Sunday. Point number three is this. This church is awesome. This church is awesome. There might be someone here that says, I can't believe he used the word awesome to represent the church. <laughs> Listen, Jesus died on the cross for his beloved. So I think he's okay if I say this church is awesome. This church, your house, is awesome. Be encouraged that you belong to an awesome church. Listen to this. We, we're about to turn 15. And like most churches, we've been tested. We've been shaken. We've been pained and hurt. We've been struck. We've, we've lost many. We've had low moments. But... We've passed through each test. We stood stronger with every shake. We found healing in him with each hurt and pain. We've planted in truth with each strike. We've gained much with each loss. And we've never ceased from aiming high with each low. I'm so grateful to belong to a church. And I'm not just a vagabond. I'm not just someone that's going here and there and just flowing with the wind. But I'm grateful to belong to a church that knows how to persevere, that doesn't surrender easy, that doesn't quit and give up quickly. But years in, but years in still runs the race, fights the good fight until the Lord calls us to completion. These are things that I've just been writing down for the last six weeks. I didn't just like write this down yesterday. For the last six weeks. Fights the good fight until the Lord calls us to completion. This church is amazing because it reminds me, please listen, that though many and even hell itself has tried, we have seen his faithfulness that the gates of hell has not and shall never prevail against the church. That's the church of Christ. That's what I belong to. That's what you belong to. That it will not prevail against you. Um, in Matthew 16, <laughs> I 
Peter um, says something very powerful. Jesus says, um, Peter, who do you say that I am? <laughs> Can you imagine coming face to face with Jesus? Like face to face. And he looks at you right in the eyes. And he says, who do you say that I am? What are you going to say at that moment? Like at that moment, what do you say? <laughs> I probably fall at his feet. Don't make me answer that. I mean, because I don't want to answer any question wrong when Jesus asks it. I'm terrified of that. Can you imagine that? Who do you say that I am? And, and, and Peter says something very powerful. He makes this confession. You probably know what I'm talking about, right? He says that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You've ever read that passage? So he says this to Jesus, and Jesus answers him in Matthew 16, verse 17 and 18. And, and, and Jesus' reply, his answer to Peter, he says, Blessed are you. Simon, I feel like Jesus smiled at him at this moment because, you know, there's moments where Jesus looks at him and says, you're Satan. I mean, it must have been hard to be Peter in his relationship with Jesus, you know? One moment he's Satan. The next moment he's getting the great revelation of which the church is built upon. The man who is called Satan also brings forth the confession in which the church is planted on that should mean something to you. So like Peter's like, okay, he's happy. He's proud of me right now. I answered well. And he says, blessed are you, Simon. Look what he tells Peter next. Because Peter probably felt like, I did good, didn't I? I answered well, didn't I? I've been listening to you for the last three years, haven't I? But watch what Jesus does. Because Jesus just knows Peter's heart. He says, blessed are you, Simon. But watch what he says next. Is it on the screen? What does he say next? He doesn't give Peter credit. You didn't come up with this. The Father gave it to you. Talk about Peter always being dealt with. Man, at least he could have recognized that I got something right. The recognizable spirit, man, is the dangerous place in the church. The recognizable spirit. I want to be recognized. I want to be seen. I want people to know that I have the revelation. I want people to know that I'm the anointed one. And, and the Lord just puts him and says, oh, by the way, you didn't come up with it. And he stumps his recognition. And he says, your flesh and blood, it didn't come from you. But my father who's in heaven, if anyone's going to get credit for that confession, it's the father who's in heaven. Thank you, Lord for humbling me, for humbling us, to know that no words that could come out of my mouth from your truth, from your word is of me, <laughs> but it's already of heaven. I, I love this because Jesus is like, it's not even your revelation. It's back to my first point. It's all mine and it's all his. And this, like, your whole ministry that you're going to unfold out of you, it, remember this, Peter, it's going to be all mine. And everything that you ever speak, okay, there's going to be a day when you're going to share this message, 3,000 people are going to get saved and baptized. But on that day, remember, it was all me and it's all mine. 
The Father in heaven revealed and spoke this great truth to you. Look at verse 18. He says, I tell you, look what he says next. You are Peter, and on this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. One Bible scholar puts it this way. I'm going to read and quote him directly. He says, in ancient times, the gates of fortified cities were used to hold councils in and were usually places of great strength. Our Lord's expression means that neither the plot, strategies, nor strength of Satan and his angels should ever so far prevail as to destroy the sacred truths in in the above confession. And that is... That Jesus is the rock of our salvation on which the church is built. Amen. That right there is the great confession in which hell and all enemies of God fall short and have no power to prevail against it. Come on. Nest Church, the church, his bride has the final victory because we live out the true confession that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. This church, everyone say my church. Your church is an awesome church. Our church is awesome. The church, the body of Christ is awesome. I believe the nest church is awesome. The church is awesome. The bride of Christ is awesome because it lives in the promises that the Lord has spoken for us. I thought about this and I said so much makes the nest special. And we would take too much time to express it all, and I would be scared to miss someone, and then to say what Jesus says. Um, flesh and blood has not revealed this, but it's the Lord's to anyone that feels that we live. So. But so much makes it special. But I wanted to get into this scripture here, a little bit different kind of message today. But listen to this. In Hebrews 10.36, he says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. The church is awesome. Look at the promise of Hebrews. It talks about endurance. It talks about receiving his promises. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 12, note takers, it says that if we endure, we will reign with him. Endurance. In Revelation chapter 3, it talks about the faithful church. And in Revelation 3, in the faithful church, the Lord says this, because you've kept my word about patient endurance... I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell in it. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers. Come on. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. Verse 13, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It's a faithful, it's a patient endurance. And I said, man, this is an amazing church. I read in Revelation, in 2 Timothy, in Hebrews 10, all throughout Scripture. This is an amazing church, and we belong to the amazing body, the organism, which is the body of Jesus Christ. You and I belong to the organism, which is the body of Christ. What a humbling and honorable position to have. I belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to me. I'm grateful, come on, that I belong to a church, our nest, that believes and demonstrates that this church is awesome. Amen.
And lastly, in the six weeks that I've been out and looking and hearing us talk, I can tell you this, point number four. I have like 10 points, but I figured today would be good just to share four. I would like to say this one to you. God is still moving. I have great news for you, and I have great news for all of us, and I want to close with this one right here. I want to close with saying that God is still moving. God is not done with you, and God is not done with us. So I want to get a little bit personal today, if I can, and maybe Vanya or something will come up here and bless us in a moment. But, but listen to this as I get a little bit personal. Because God's not done with you and God's not done with us. Amen? Do you, do you really believe that? As I was sitting here uh, to see yesterday, to see last Sunday, to see the Sunday before, to be here when Pastor Rafi spoke, to be here when Pastor Leo spoke, to be here when Omar spoke, next week you're going to have another treat because I had to bump our speaker two times um, just to be here for every voice that has been pouring into us. I started to think about this, and I said, my goodness, you know what? God's not done with me, and God's not done with us. So here, here's a thought. You may have failed. You may have severed a relationship. I hope I'm speaking to someone here today. You may feel ashamed. You may feel that too much time has wasted. You may feel unqualified. You may think yourself unfit for the service of the Lord. Was it a divorce? Was it an affair? Was it a lie? Was it a sin exposed? Was it a sexual struggle? Was it harm caused? Or was it harm received? Was it a death? Maybe it was unforgiveness. Was it abuse? Maybe it was abuse. I mean, I could go down the list of all the things it could be. But I guess all I could say is this, that God is not done. And God is still moving. I've been sitting here for the last six weeks and I've been looking around. I, and you know, you see people waver. You see people struggle. One Sunday, someone's on fire. The next Sunday, they're hiding under a rock. And you see all these things in the, in the ministry. You see all these things in the brotherhood. Let's just be really real right now and take off your mask, your hat, your garment. <laughs> Expose yourself before the truth of God. I know what it is for one moment to feel so gifted and immediately the next moment to feel so unworthy that I can't even concentrate to prepare a message. I, 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 that's, like, that's, a, that's a real thing.
but I, was, I sit here for the last six weeks and all I could think of is oh my God like there's so much that God still is doing there's so much more that God wants to do in us but I'm learning something Um, I don't know what's happening in the spiritual realm. I can't stand here and tell you I see angels and I see demons and God hasn't given me that gift and I'm okay with not having that gift. Every time someone in the Bible sees an angel, it's a frightening thing. I'm okay with not seeing an angel or a demon. Like, that's just me. I'm okay with it. But I do know that something's happening in, in the supernatural realm. If you're a follower of Christ, I'm, 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 let's go have lunch or coffee this week. Because I'm sure you're feeling it too, right? The way our children, we've talked about that here on Sundays, our children are being attacked. The way our marriages are being attacked. Men, suicide. And I feel like in our church, we've experienced all those things with even the last year. Suicide, marriages, children. We've like all that has been like really real within Nest Church in the last year. So all I could think of is like, something's happening in the supernatural. Something's happening in this realm that maybe you and I can't see. Because I see it in me, you know? I could see how um, one moment I'm ready to, like, like seriously, I'm, I'm down to go fight a lion. If you call me on the right day, I'm chopping off a giant's head. Like, I'm with you. I'll ask you what weapons you have. I'll tell you the ones that I have. I'll meet you at the spot. I'm with you. But then there's, like, immediately, right, right after that, there's days where I'm like the prophet that's hiding in the cave. And then you start to wonder like, oh my God, like, I think I have some issues, man. That I could go through some highs and some lows so quickly in a short period of time. But I think if you're sensitive to hear and sensitive to see, you'll see that your natural man, the physical man, I feel like the Lord is speaking to it and the Lord is revealing to it so that there could be strength, so that there could be boldness, so that there could be growth in the spiritual man. Because I say, God, like, what the, what's going on here? I see with my brothers, I see with my sisters. How many of you, there's days that you want to just call the world and tell them about Jesus? Okay, you're with me. How many of you are days that it's hard for you just to pick up a phone call? Oh, good. (laughs) 
God's doing a work in us. And he's not done with us. And he's allowing us to go through all these things. And if we stay in line with him and if we stay rooted in his truth and his word, he's going to take us to a place. Because if you look at the prophet, he came out of that cave. If you look at David, he came out of it. Every single man and woman of God came out of those moments because God was using those moments for a greater time that he was calling them into. And I believe that God is not done with you. And I believe that God is not done with us. I'm so grateful to be in a church that has shown its immaturity, that has made bad decisions, that has handled issues incorrectly, and the list goes on. But I'm so grateful that the Lord uses those things, and it all continues to do a greater work in us. And we still see and know that God is still moving. Listen, we've seen instances that we're not moving. But you recognize that. And he shows you that he's still moving though. I, have you ever read the story of the man with the pool of Bethesda? Ever read it? The man is not moving. The man has been there for years among years among years. How many years? Does anyone know how many years? Not one. How many years? Huh? Not 28, 38, 40, how many years? Can you imagine 40 years? Can you imagine being placed there and you're there and Jesus happens to move in your midst? He happens just to walk by you on that day. It could have been your 39th, the 245th day of the fifth hour of the third second. And Jesus shows up on that day and he looks at the man who's not moving and he says, do you want to be made well? And the man looks at him and goes, well, you know I do. I've just been here for so many years. For decades I've been here. For decades no one has able to get me into that healing place. And the Lord just shows up and says, well, thank God I showed up today because you may not be moving but you just ran into the one that is moving. Get up and walk. I don't know. I can't explain that stuff to you. Because I've tried to pray for dead people. And I haven't had faith to resurrect a dead person. And Jesus just walks in and says, Today I'm moving. When you find yourself not moving. Man, I praise God that I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't serve a God that's like on a shrine, man, and, and that needs bananas and apples and, and smoke. And I serve a God that is moving. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 1 6 says, Be confident of this very thing that he who's begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna stand before the presence of the Lord. Mark my words, ready? I'm gonna stand before the presence of the Lord one day and I'm gonna hear him say these words to me It is finished. Well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord come on how many of you are gonna come to that place 
where the work of the Lord is completed in your life. He's not finished. So I end with this. I'm so grateful that I belong to a church, our nest, that believes and demonstrates this, that God is still moving. I'm so grateful for the last six weeks that I've had. They've reminded me that God speaks through many, that this is God's house where God's people, that the church is awesome, that your church is awesome, and that God is still moving. Warren Wiersbe says the local church is espoused to, the, to Christ, but there is always the danger of that love growing cold. Like Martha, we can be so busy working for Christ that we have no time to love Him. Christ is more concerned about what we do with Him than for Him. Labor is no substitute for love. To the public, the Ephesian church was successful, but to Christ it had fallen. Be very careful. Be very careful what you call success. One of my favorite books is when Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. Read it. It'll drop you to your knees. And he says this. You never have to advertise a fire. Everyone comes running when there's a fire. Likewise, if your church is on fire, you will not have to advertise it. The community will already know it. Come on that we would be a church that God is still moving in our midst. Can you join me in prayer? If you want, stand up with me. Let's come before God. Let's come before his word. feels like to not be moving at times but still grateful and humbled and honored that you're still moving Lord I thank you because there are many things that have been said but many words have fallen into into grounds that, that the seed has been robbed whether it's choked, scorched stolen But Lord, I thank you because as I stand here before brothers and sisters, I stand before warriors that endure, warriors that persevere. Sometimes we want to be so great on earth, but we forget the scripture that says that the great shall be last in heaven. So Lord, teach us to honor being last so that we could be first. Teach us to honor being servants so that we could be great. Continue to move at our nest. These are just four things that ministered to me in the last six weeks, but there's so many. But that you will continue to grow the people and to be used and to be a voice within voices here that you would continue. Lord God, to remind us and show us that this is all yours and all of us, Lord God, we're all yours and you're all ours, that 
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That we remember that, Lord, you're awesome and your death and resurrection was awesome for the love that you had for your beloved. So that makes us, Lord God, as the Spirit of Christ lives in us, we're an amazing part of the organism of Christ. And here at our nest, Lord God, this is an awesome place and we are part of something amazing and awesome, which is the, the body of Jesus. And that, Lord, we would always be rem reminded, Lord God, that you are moving in a special way. I pray if there's anyone in here that falls under any of those categories or something that I could not or did not mention, that maybe they feel it's been rough, it's been a pain, there's been issues, but today you've reminded them of what you're calling them, that it's not over, that you're not done, that your purpose and your will is still unfolding, that you're still doing a great work today, that whatever we've faced and whatever has been facing us, that we would hold on to the truth, to the promises of God over our lives. That we would not give in to the enemy's schemes. Lord, in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm, there's attacks on people's mental health, on, on the perversity that is falling upon the laps of young men and women. Children my son's age and younger. Perversity is in their fingertips, Lord God. Lord God, families that are being destroyed and broken, families, Lord, that served you and loved you are being ripped and, sh and shredded, Lord God, and ministries that were vibrant and growing and being a ministry to the community are, are dissolving and closing, and, but that, Lord, that it would be no more, that, that the remnant of Christ would guard their hearts, their minds, that the Spirit of Christ would rise up in the church. And that we would be the people of God for the time of God that is set before us. And that we would be the light of God, the light in this world. That we would be salt that preserves this wicked land, Lord God. Oh, that we would be a lighthouse, Lord God, that is set up on a hill, Lord. Oh, that we would be hope to the hopeless, Lord God. That we would be sight to the blind, Lord God. Oh, that we would give food to the hungry, Lord God. Lord, that we would be the people of God the bride of Christ, the great organism, which is the body of Jesus here on this land. We thank you and we love you and we say this, thank you, because what a church this is. What a church you've called us into. What a church we belong to. And you are the head of it. And you are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God in which this church is built upon, the chief cornerstone. What a church. Oh, man. Push the church forward in this age. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Come on, us, church. In Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. And Amen. Give them some praise.